This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com critical to find out more. Mark your diaries, politics people, because the next few days you're going to be hearing a lot about the ALP's national conference, the big Labor love-in which sets the party's policies. So in this Squish Shortcut, we're going to dig into how the conference actually works, what might happen this time around, and how similar conferences work for the Liberals and other political parties. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. Okay, set the scene for us with an ALP national conference. That's the Australian Labor Party, and these conferences are a very, very big deal for Labor. And, of course, they are in government federally at the moment, as well as in every state and territory except Tasmania. So it's definitely something we should pay attention to. Yeah, for sure. And this one is a big deal for a couple of reasons. It's the first in-person conference since 2018. COVID derailed the last one. And it's also the first get-together since 2011 that Labor's actually been in power federally. Uh, That was back when Julia Gillard was Prime Minister. And these are big events, right? Like anyone who's in the whole Labor union movement wants a ticket. Yeah, that's right. So more than 2,000 people will be at this one in Brisbane, the state and territory leaders, Labor ministers and MPs, uh, also ordinary party members. And then you've got business leaders and even diplomats from other countries will go along to observe. And I suppose the reason we really decided to talk about it today is because they can be consequential. It's not like an ordinary get-together of a political party where people might give speeches and it's all rah-rah, how good are we? At these conferences, stuff can actually happen which changes the direction of Labor policy. Stuff can actually happen. And (laughs) it's a really good time to point out that arguably the most important people who go to an ALP national conference are the delegates. And this time around, there's 402 of them. They are Labor Party members who get voted into that role by their state or territory branches. And they are the chosen ones who actually get to vote at the conference. And I guess a lot of people would assume that all the policy and decision making gets done in the parliament by the MPs. But what you're saying is that this happens on the conference floor, the debates about policy that get voted on that can actually influence the direction of the party. Yeah, exactly right. And that's why it is so consequential. This is a three-day conference and the agenda is designed around what's called the draft national platform, which really is just a collection of policy ideas. And then at the actual conference, the relevant minister let's say it's education, they speak on what they think is important in their portfolio and then the delegates are allowed to propose amendments to the platform or make resolutions which are more general statements of support or opposition. So, for example, it was actually at the 2007 National Conference that the then opposition leader Kevin Rudd promised to cut greenhouse gas emissions by 60% by 2050, which was roundly endorsed by delegates. And then 
at the 2011 conference, the party voted to support same-sex marriage. Yeah, so plenty of big policy ideas are up for discussion and once they're decided, they are actually binding on the parliamentary party. Okay, well, I feel like that's the theory of how an ALP national conference works. Next up, let's talk about what actually goes down and what we can expect to happen over the next few days. Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. All right, Claire. So from what I've scanned in the media over the past week, there are a few controversial issues threatening to pop up at this year's ALP conference. Australia's position on Israel and Palestine, as well as our deal with the US and the UK on nuclear submarines, which we talk about as AUKUS. These seem like a couple of the biggies. Yeah, they are big issues and they're both very good examples about how a lot of the argy-bargy can play out on the floor of the conference and it's actually managed away behind the scenes in the months leading up to the event. So last week, Foreign Minister Penny Wong announced a hardening of Labor's policy on Israel's settlements on the West Bank and the government will now call them illegal. Uh, Now, a lot of observers are saying that she did that to avoid a messy fight over these next few days at the Labor conference and that's because a lot of delegates were pushing for the party to go further and recognise Palestine as a state in the near future. So this is actually kind of a compromise. Right, so Penny Wong's language shift should avoid that stoush. But AUKUS, what is going down with AUKUS? Because this is the deal for us to buy nuclear-powered submarines off the US and to build some of our own. It was made by the Morrison government, but it was enthusiastically endorsed by Anthony Albanese. And it has come in for a lot of criticism within Labor. The former Prime Minister Paul Keating called it, quote, the worst deal in all history. So how is this one going to be managed on the conference floor? Well, firstly, I don't think Paul Keating will be turning up at the conference this time, so (laughs) he won't be speaking on it. Um, Neither will any former Labor Prime Minister to avoid any sort of spectacle. But what we can expect is that there will be some sort of dissent at the conference, uh, the thing to watch out for how it plays out. Um, bosses within the different factions of the party try to make sure that there's nothing too unseemly that happens on the floor of the conference so that it doesn't embarrass the Prime Minister, in this case Anthony Albanese, or undermine certain ministers like the Deputy Prime Minister and our Defence Minister Richard Miles. And Anthony Albanese, in his written foreword to the conference, he urged delegates to think of the big 
big picture, saying they can only get what they want as a party if they get re-elected and re-elected again. Yeah, so he's really urging the conference not to agitate or blow up every time over every issue that they're fighting on uh, because, and this is a quote, uh, enduring reforms that change a country for the better take time. And anything else happening behind the scenes to defuse any blow-ups at this conference? Just a couple of quick things to note. Some of the union delegates at the conference have been really challenging the Trade Minister about the impact on Aussie jobs when we sign up to free trade deals. So Don Farrell has just announced that there will be a parliamentary inquiry into how we do those deals. And another one that's been headed off, Immigration Minister Andrew Giles has announced Australia's annual refugee intake will increase to 20,000 next year. That's up from 18,000. And that's the one that comes up usually at every ALP conference. All right, well, next up, let's take a look at how conferences work for the Liberals and for other political parties. We touched on this really briefly before, Claire, but the big difference between a Labor and a Liberal conference, the policy that gets decided at an ALP conference is binding on the parliamentary party, but that is not the case for the Libs. No, it's not the case for the Liberal Party. So the Liberal Party constitution is clearly defined that the organisational wing of the party cannot dictate policy. Uh, by organisational wing, we're talking about the paid up members. Um, they make up local branches and they get elected into state branches and all of those sort of internal positions that come with that. Um, they're not the members of parliament who make up the parliamentary party. And for the Libs, their annual meeting is called the Federal Council of the Liberal Party. And when they have those conferences you're saying there's not really the same kind of jockeying over policy. No, exactly right. When it comes to that federal level, it's a very different case to what happens at this big ALP conference that we're seeing over the weekend. The ALP conference often gets a lot more headlines uh, and that's because they're held every few years uh, and the stouches are in the full view of the television cameras and the reporters. Hmm. Uh, it's quite a spectacle from time to time. Um, but there are still plenty of vigorous debates in these Liberal forums, even though they're not actually setting the policies that eventually go through to the parliamentary wing. Um, back in 2018 is probably a good example. That Liberal Federal Council passed a motion to privatise the ABC, which was pretty newsworthy at the time. And even though that didn't become the Liberal Party's formal policy, it arguably did influence how some MPs and ministers then went on to engage with the ABC. Then you have the Greens. That party has two national conferences every year, so they're pretty important to them as a party. Its constitution calls the national conference, quote, the supreme governing body of the Greens. And when they get consensus at a conference, their policy changes immediately. Yeah, so the Greens are more similar to Labor than they are to the Liberal Party when it comes to that kind of policy structure. Um, they also have delegates that get to vote at their national conferences. Um, they're drawn from the state organisations and that's a pretty big deal for them given how much influence they actually have over the party's policies. And that is your shortcut to political conferences. Up next, some recommendations. 
Each week, we give you a recommendation for some further reading, listening, or watching. Now, Claire, did you know that Gough Whitlam gave his address to the 1975 ALP conference in a Hawaiian shirt? (laughs) The conference was held at Terrigal on the New South Wales Central Coast, so it was on point. I've got a link to this and some other fun conference facts for you from the ABC. Yeah, political conference fashion. We're really, really in the deep end now. (laughs) 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 And look, there's a zillion political biographies out there, but one just out, um, this by a political historian, Chris Wallace, uh, it's worth a read. It's called Political Lives, Australian Prime Ministers and Their Biographers, and it includes the fascinating story of why she pulled out of writing a biography on Julia Gillard. We will have links to both of those recommendations in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening in. If you like what you heard, please tell other people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. And in the meantime, there are plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to. So get on to that. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista. Tell your hairdresser. Whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.